what attracted me to Jason is really that he's a successful investor, he's a successful businessman, but if you really listen to him, he's a teacher at heart. And what he teaches makes so much sense. And it makes sense in that it helps us grow our wealth and serve the community by providing housing, helping others, and really creating a, a, a nest egg in uh, a place where we can build wealth in a very healthy, productive way. And he offers us a way of doing that unique among anything I've ever explored. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome to episode 1403. Thanks for joining us today. Our investment counselor, Sarah, is here with me today. And we want to talk to you about several things, not the least of which is a couple of properties that you could have purchased for less money years ago. But that's always going to be the case. Sorry. <laughs> Sarah, welcome. How are you doing? <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me back. Isn't that the way to start something off? You could have bought it for less money years ago. I tell I you, <laughs> I am a terrible, terrible salesman. Wow, that's bad. That's, that's why, bad. That's why people like listening to you, Jason, because you're you're a terrible salesperson, but you tell the truth. You know, bad salespeople have skinny kids, but I don't have any kids. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They're, I, I don't have to worry about them starving, I guess. So that's okay, right? I can be a bad salesman. That's pretty funny. I can afford to be a bad salesman. So um, what would you like to talk about first? Uh, first, let's talk about the low interest rates, the lower interest rates. The lower and lower and lower interest rates. And it looks like the Fed is actually going to cut again coming up here very soon. Uh, we are moving into the territory of the lowest rates in history. Now, when that is said, and I've read that in the media, I'm not exactly sure what it means, but there are actually interest rate studies going back. And if you listen to the Flashback Friday episode just a couple of days ago, I was talking about that fantastic book, and I want to get the author on the show, Debt, The First 5,000 Years. There are interest rate studies going back a long, long, long time before the US of A, before the Enlightenment, okay? <laughs> like a long way back, uh, there are um, studies of interest rates. So I don't know when they say it's the lowest interest rates in history exactly what that means, but boy, they are low. And not only are they low, you may be able to compensate for mortgage insurance. Now you're thinking, well, I always put 20 or 25% down on my properties. And of course, many of you know, you don't have PMI, otherwise known as private mortgage insurance, PMI, on 
any loan that has less than an 80% LTV or loan-to-value ratio. But Sarah, you've got something unique, don't you? Yeah, so we were, and when I say we, a client and I, Sean, who you know, were comparing some different loan possibilities. And it it came up that we could do 15% down on investor financing. So we had uh, one of our lenders do a side-by-side comparison at 15% down, which would require the the private mortgage insurance, and then 20% down. And the first thing we noticed is that the interest rate was the same. We were expecting a higher interest rate for 15% down, uh, and it was exactly the same as the 20% down assumption. And typically when you go from 20 to 25, you get a slightly lower rate, slightly lower rate. We didn't find that in this quote. Again, I can't, you know, the quotes will vary for each individual investor, but this is just one example from last week. Right. There's, there's, in other words, the lenders building in a risk premium because you don't have as much skin in the game. Got it. Right. And so um, what we found, and this was um, this was on a property, brand new construction for $215,000. And what we found was that for $50 in PMI, so $50 more in the monthly payment with 5% less down payment money, so 15% down, he was going to save $10,000 in out-of-pocket expenses for just $50 more a month. So when I'll, we ran- I'll take that deal. <laughs> it was a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> So when we ran those two side by side, we really favored the 15% down loan. Now, again, that'll vary depending on, you know, purchase price, right? So this was a a higher loan balance. It might work out slightly different, you know, on a a smaller purchase price. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now we've taught our investors over the years on the show here, how to analyze a buy down, a buy down in interest rates. This is not a buy down. This is simply putting 5% less down, getting an 85% loan versus an 80% loan or even a 75% loan. And you do have to pay the mortgage insurance, the PMI, but that comes off once you reach that 80% loan-to-value ratio, that 80-20, and you have 20% equity in it, then the the risk goes down to the lender. And I think there might be, even if that equity is there or you know, if it's there already upon purchasing it, or if it's there in six months or a year, I think the lender, depending on the lender, they vary on this. Even then, they still may have a waiting period of like two years. But at $50 a month, that's $600 a year for two years, you pay $1,200, but you get in with 5% less money down. And that's a great deal to get more leverage on the purchase. So that's fantastic. I like that deal. Yeah, it was a, it was a great deal. And, you know, there are, again, you got to run the numbers with different purchase prices to see what the differences will be. So if, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to us, we can put you in touch with, with a lender. They lend in all 50 States. Also, I want to encourage any of our clients that have purchased within the last, you know, couple years, especially those that purchased maybe five years ago to get with a lender run all your numbers, we'll do a portfolio review, and let's see if we can lower some of your your mortgage payments. I mean, one thing is you could pull the cash out right. and use it to reinvest. Or if, if you don't want to touch your equity and you know you really just want more cash flow, you may be able to just get your rate lowered right. and improve the performance. I mean, if you have 10 properties and you can lower each 
payment by $50 a month, even with these low interest rates. $500. Yeah. Yeah. You probably lowered a lot more than that though. So yeah, that's really good. And Um, and being at primary residence too. I mean, that's an even bigger loan more likely for our clients. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, these rates are incredibly good. You know, look at, there are people out there who think, well, you know, the, the economy has been booming for a long time. The real estate market's been on an upward trend for a good 10 years now. Okay. And they're thinking, well, you know, maybe I want to keep my powder dry and, and buy when the market declines. But what they're not thinking about is several elements. Number one, the cost of waiting, the ability to time the market if they can do it. And so that's number one and two. Number three is the fact that these properties are in linear markets. So the uh, the up and down prices based on the overall housing market or economy aren't that significant. Okay, they do vary a little bit, but it's not like a cyclical market where they really vary a lot. But also, the reason that the market would go down is likely because money got more expensive, okay? And see, people are so fixated on the price of the property, and they pay not nearly enough attention to the price of the money, okay? The money is dirt cheap right now. That's why the properties have gone up in value. So if you can lock in that incredibly cheap three-decade-long fixed-rate mortgage, uh, you're just doing yourself and your family a huge, huge favor for the future because the money is the bargain, okay? And as we've talked about, you know, this month, it may become the best bargain ever, Okay. Uh, So remember, when people look at these price charts, they're incredibly myopic when they look at a price chart of thinking, oh, well, you know, prices are back to where they were in 2005, for example. You know, if they look at a chart and it says something along those lines, but the money is much cheaper than it was in 2005. Okay. So, so the house got cheaper in a way, because the cost of ownership is much, much, much lower. It's fantastic. And then the ability, go ahead, sir. It really is. And I I was just going to say, you know, I could think of a mutual friend and client that in 2015 was waiting for the recession. He didn't want to buy because he's just waiting for this recession. I'm thinking he missed five years. He missed five years of return on investment. It's incredible. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So see, that's the thing. That's the other cost of waiting. First of all, you know, can you accurately time the market? And let me tell you something. The answer is no, you cannot. Can you get lucky? Maybe, maybe you can. Okay. But it's, it's going to be luck more than genius any, any time. Look at, I've been doing this a long, long time, folks. I've been through many cycles and, you know, it's always more lucky than good, okay, in terms of timing the market. Timing the market is a fool's errand, okay? It just does not work. You know right now you've got incredibly cheap money, and the cost of waiting, the opportunity cost of waiting is that that client you just talked about back in 2015 was telling you, well, I think the market is topping out. I'm going to wait to buy. Well, If there were, like, we're looking at two properties here. We're going to talk to you about these properties, folks. And let me just cite 
some numbers. We're looking at two performance for two different properties here, okay? One has a projected return on investment. This is the overall ROI of 34% annually. Another one has a projected return on investment of 31% annually, okay? So take that times five years, and that's just on one property. That client probably would have done what most of our clients do and purchased a portfolio of properties, maybe a six-pack, six properties, for example. And if, if you miss out on 31% or 34% return on investment for five years, and that doesn't even include IIDD, inflation-induced debt destruction, which makes that return even higher, you've really cheated yourself, okay? The old saying, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and then wait. Um, let's talk about these properties. So you want to take the $119,000 property. It's it's hard to find these inexpensive properties now. Yes. Yeah, so this is in the Dayton market, $119,900. And I want to just clarify one thing. I think we really do have to touch on this. We had previously worked with another market specialist in Dayton and Cincinnati, which is where these two properties are. And we no longer work with that particular provider for, you know, several reasons, challenges. So this is a different provider. I just want to disclaim that. Good. <laughs> sure you reach out to your investment counselor and chat with them about that. Yeah. So this one is $119.9. Estimated rent is $11.50 a month. So just slightly under 1%, but pretty close. And it's a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. Estimated cash flow on this with 25% down is $223 a month. That's fantastic. Okay, so $223 per month, almost $2,700 per year projected on this one. You've got all the expenses in there. You've got a vacancy rate of 8% annually. You've got a management fee of 8% per month and a maintenance fee of 8% per month. So that's that's pretty high, actually. Hopefully, you're not going to need much of that maintenance at all in the beginning. And here, again, you've got a cap rate. We don't like the crap rate very much. We've talked about that before, but 6.7% cash on cash return projected at 7% overall return on investment at 31% annually. Okay, the next property, $89,900. It'll take you about $28,000 to buy it with closing costs. That's based on 25% down. So you could do less than that. Projected rent, $895. What's the projected cash flow on that one? Uh, projected cash flow is two fifty two a month. Now, just you know, one thing that we should mention, and you know, you can see this on the performa, but our clients don't have it in front of them. When we add in the vacancy rate of eight percent and the maintenance of eight percent, that factors into that cash flow number. Now, you're not going to really feel that month to month. You're going to feel that when you have a maintenance request or a vacancy. So, if you add those numbers back in, you know, month over month, you're really adding back in another you know, $140 into the cash flow. So this is, you know, close to $400 a month cash flow. And then of course you'll deal with, you know, the vacancy and maintenance as they come, but you could have a couple years with no vacancy if you get a long-term tenant. And so you're getting even more cash flow possibly. One of the things we should look at there is that just in the first year, your principal reduction is on, on the first property we mentioned, $124 per month or $1,483 rounded to $1,500 a year. So 
That's what is building your wealth very directly, the positive cash flow plus the principal reduction, okay? And you don't see the principal reduction. Remember, income property can be likened to an iceberg. A lot of it is under the water, and you don't see all of it immediately. You don't see those tax benefits until you go get your taxes done. You don't see that principal reduction until you go to sell or refinance, but it's there. You don't see the inflation-induced debt destruction directly, but it's always working for you. So, um, yeah, good stuff. So this one's got a, uh, a projected cap rate of 7.9% and cash-on-cash cash return at 11%. Overall return on investment projected at 34% annually. And if you leverage it higher and you do 20% or 15% down, you're going to increase all those returns, of course, you'll decrease your cash flow a little bit because your, your debt service is higher. Yeah, fantastic. Looking at how incredibly cheap these mortgage payments are is absolutely astonishing. You know, mortgage payment, $337 per month on one. Mortgage <laughs> payment on this one, $449 per month. Gosh, you know, my, my car lease is like $1,140 a month <laughs> just for a stupid German car. <laughs> it's, this is incredible. You know, really? It, really, it really is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, no, that's it. I just, um, you know, we've got plenty of opportunities, some existing properties, some new construction. We're happy to counsel you on, you know, what would be the best fit for your portfolio, whether you're looking to start with one and get your feet wet or build a larger portfolio of properties. We can really help you strategize and get to building your own income property portfolio. So Now, now I know there's something else you want to tell people, but I'm going to tell them first. Save the date listeners save oh, the date i wasn't sure if you were gonna let me <laughs> ah yes save the date we, we, we don't have a landing page set up for this now but meet the masters will be in beautiful san diego may 2nd and 3rd may 2nd and 3rd beautiful san diego we'll have a uh, a registration page set up soon with some very brief early bird pricing. Uh, it won't last long since that event's coming up quick, but mark your calendar. Save the date, May 2nd and 3rd. And, well, and um, I've been auditioning up. bands, Sarah, for our Saturday night entertainment. So working on that. I'm excited for that. But first you have to tell people what Meet the Masters is. I mean, you're assuming all of our clients have attended, but we do have a lot of new listeners, you know, each and every month that are subscribing. So what is Meet the Masters? Oh, come on. Seriously? <laughs> it's what everybody's been bugging me about for the last three months. What's the date for Meet the Masters this year? What's the date? What's the date? They're driving me crazy. Remember on the podcast, like a month ago or so, I said, you have to stop asking me for a date. When I have one, I'll tell you. Now I'm telling you. Meet the Masters is our annual conference of uh, real estate investors where we, uh, we fly in a whole bunch of our favorite property managers, local market specialists, uh, financing experts, speakers on a variety of topics. And we'll be announcing those as, as we go here. We've been talking to a bunch of people. We've got a bunch of them lined up already. And it's, it's just a really great, fun event. People arrive Friday night. Uh, we'll have a reception Friday evening. And, uh, you know, like a, a mixer reception. We didn't do that last year. I kind of, 
last year, I don't think was our best Meet the Masters, honestly, but everybody seemed to like it. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was the best one, though. It's my favorite conference. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't think we've ever had a bad Meet the Masters. You know, there's tons of stuff to learn. You're so current on, you know, topics that, you know, we all learn something new each time and the energy is just always great. So yeah, yeah. I think last year was great. <laughs> it, 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 well, you know, we didn't do, have a Friday mixer last year or a luncheon on Saturday or anything. This this time we're going to do it different. Uh, we'll have a luncheon on Saturday and we're working on a Friday evening mixer. And then, of course, Saturday evening entertainment. Last year we did have fantastic band on Saturday night. Our Rod Stewart uh, uh, tribute band was Excellent. I thought that was so much fun. Um, But, you know, they they weren't long enough. So this time in the contract, I'm negotiating with the different bands that we're auditioning right now. I'm making it a longer concert. So, you know, once you guys start dancing and getting crazy, you want to keep going. I know how you are. I told them to end earlier last time so you'd all get to bed and be fresh the next morning. But, uh, you know, I figure you can take it. Just rest up before the event. You'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. So, um, So look for more information on that. And we will look forward to seeing you in beautiful San Diego. That's going to be a great event. All right, Sarah, thanks for joining me today. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Jason. Five Traits of Successful Investors. Do you have what it takes to be a successful investor? There's no shortage of guides attempting to define those key characteristics and behaviors that separate successful investors, those who build the financial future of their dreams, from those who never quite get there. Investing is a kind of entrepreneurship, and the key qualities of a successful entrepreneur in any field dovetail nicely with Jason Hartman's Ten Commandments for Investors to define what's most important for running your own venture. Willingness to be open and curious. Entrepreneurs of any kind are interested in new opportunities and new avenues to explore. The familiar and tried and true don't interest them. Curiosity drives them to see if they can do more, break new ground, or experience a new situation. The what-if question is the most important. What would happen if I... Willingness to take risk. A willingness to take risk, in some measure, is important to entrepreneurial success. That doesn't mean behaving irresponsibly but it does mean being able to accept the uncertainty of the outcome. Real estate investing involves some risk, but using other people's money in the form of mortgages and refinancing, as Jason advises, minimizes that risk in a way that other kinds of investments don't do. Willingness to learn. If you are content to stick with what you know, entrepreneurship may not be for you. Venturing into the unknown means finding out what you don't know as well as what you do know, and figuring out what you have to do to get the knowledge you need. One of Jason's first commandments tells investors to get educated, learn about investing, your market, and any other skills you may need. Willingness to listen. A key part of all of this is listening, talking with experts in relevant fields, and hearing what they have to say. As Jason points out, finding good advisors and following their recommendations can prevent ill-advised risk and give new investors some expert support for a shorter learning curve than going it alone. Willingness to take control. Although it may be tempting to leave your investments or your new business in the hands of advisors, brokers, or other experts, that puts a new investor at the mercy of others. 
A major reason for learning and listening is to be able to evaluate advice and make successful investing decisions and to dump incompetent or unethical financial experts or other professionals if they aren't getting the job done. There's no one-size-fits-all profile of a successful entrepreneur in any field. And the true key to success is having the desire and the discipline to make an endeavor work. But to build wealth through income property, a willingness to follow Jason Hartman's recommendations is a good first step. For Financial Freedom Report, I'm Scott Chambers. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, hartmanmedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go Go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.